Welcome to The Feminine Frequency. I'm your host, Amy Natalie, women's empowerment coach, feminine embodiment guide, and creator of The Feminine Codes. This podcast is designed to awaken your feminine energy, elevate your frequency, and empower your mindset. We cover everything from increasing your confidence, trusting your intuition, deepening intimacy in your relationships, and magnetizing abundance into your life. Each week, you'll receive a new episode filled with feminine wisdom and inspiration to remind you of the magic that already lives inside of you. Ready to dive in? Let's do this, sister. Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to this special episode of The Feminine Frequency with a dear soul client of mine, Scout Sobel. We haven't done one of these soul client journey sessions in a while, and these are really one of my favorite episode formats that we have on the Feminine Frequency because you get to hear real life experiences of other women's transformations and the journey that they've been on, which I just find to be so permission giving, so empowering, and to show you what's actually possible for you on your journey as you are embodying your feminine energy and going through your spiritual awakening. And in this episode with Scout, we talk about all things mental health, motherhood, entrepreneurship, and it is such a deep and powerful conversation that we had about our journey together. She is a longtime client of mine, and I am just so in awe and inspired by the woman that she has become and the light worker and role model and yeah, just like empowering figure that she is to so many people in her life. So I'll be introducing Scout in just a moment. And as you're listening to this episode, if you're feeling inspired and really wanting that next level of support, that one-on-one mentorship, you maybe have been following my podcast for a while, considering working together, or maybe you're new and This conversation really speaks to where you're at on your journey. I wanted to share that I have a couple of one-on-one coaching mentorship spots that are opening up in March. I only open spots a few times a year, so this could be your time. And if you're feeling called, you can scroll down to the link in the show notes and find the application form there. Okay, I'm going to introduce the lovely Scout Sobel, who is a trailblazer in the media industry for utilizing podcast tours as a powerful form of PR. She founded Scout's agency in February of 2019 after recognizing the power of podcasting as a long-form, intimate medium for founders to tell their stories and expand their businesses. Over the past three and a half years, Scout's agency has grown 600% cultivated a database of over 5,000 podcasts, and has run over 120 podcast tours under Scout's leadership. 
Scout has also lived with bipolar disorder for the last 15 years. She was once unable to function in society, but after finding entrepreneurship and taking radical responsibility over her emotions, she is now able to live a life of purpose. She is the author of the best-selling book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, The Emotional Guidebook to Entrepreneurship, the host of The Emotional Entrepreneur podcast, and co-host of the top-charting podcast, Okay, sis, with her sister, Maddie. And yeah, Scout is just such an incredible leader. And we started working together very on in her business journey and kind of in the beginning of her spiritual journey as well. And we're going to walk you through in this episode all of the different phases of our journey together and of her growth in those areas of stepping into motherhood, expanding her business expanding her leadership capacity, connecting with her feminine energy, really navigating her bipolar and mental health from a spiritual perspective. So enjoy this episode and we'll see you on the other side. Hello, Scout. I am so honored to be here with you today. This feels like such a special opportunity for us to share the behind the scenes of our work together and also the radical, massive transformation that has happened in your life over these last three years. And I feel like our work together has not only transformed your life, but it has also been super transformational in my life as a coach and a leader and expanding my own growth. And then also you've had such a huge impact on my podcasting journey and getting started with this podcast, which we'll talk about today as well. So warm, warm welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I just remember I'm starting to realize or starting to kind of look back as to how this idea happened for us to get on a mic and kind of talk about um, my journey working with you and my transformation. And I realized I'm pretty sure it was the first bath that I took postpartum. I think the doctor cleared me and I took a bath and in the bath I was like, holy shit, like looking back on the last three and a half years of my life. And then I boxered you. I was like, we got to talk about this because it happened. Everything will get into it. it happened in such a short amount of time. That's so poignant and powerful. And I just can't wait to reflect with you today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know Scout, um, she owns an amazing podcast PR agency for women. And Scout and I had a conversation a long time ago when I was like, I think I want to start a podcast. And we were friends before she was a client of mine. And she really helped me to just move forward and to like say yes to this journey. And I'll just share like, since that first conversation that we had about, okay, I'm doing this podcast thing. This is what it's going to look like. And she gave me some support and advice. And like, I haven't turned back since literally, I was like, this is happening and it's happening every single week and I'm showing up for it. And I'm so grateful for your support and encouragement and that first conversation, because we wouldn't be here (laughs) without that. It's so crazy. I mean, you and I talk about all the time. We're like, people don't understand what can happen to your career and your network and your personal growth and your evolution. 
all of that stuff if you stick to a podcast for years. Like you have to do it for years, you know what I mean? And I remember when we met at La Coloma at UTC, I was there the other day and I was like, this is where Amy and I met to talk about her podcast and to see what's happened for your business and your brand and the people that you're talking with because you committed to a podcast strategy. I mean, it doesn't blow my mind because I, I believe in this strategy and I know this happens when women really hop on the mic, but it's just awesome. I remember telling you like, don't start it if you're not going to do it every single week. And here you are. I don't even know how many episodes later and your podcast is like killing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's drop into your journey and really paint the picture of where you were when we first started working together and what was happening in your life and also in your inner landscape with your mental health. Yeah. So we started technically working together over four years. No, sorry. Over three years ago. I think it was the end of 2019 where you invited me into your one of your first masterminds and it was um, myself and three other women. And at that point, I was about six to seven months into starting my business, Scouts Agency, where we uh, get women as guests on podcasts. So we run podcast tours for female entrepreneurs as a PR strategy. And I, you know, I was what, 28. I had been in the entrepreneurial game since 22, 23, but had never started a business that actually could financially sustain me and that I could be live independently off of. And so at that point, I kind of jumped into this whirlwind of this agency. I had no idea if it was going to work. I created a media kit. I emailed clients. And all of a sudden, by the time I joined your mastermind, I had 10 clients. I hired my first employee and I put a deposit down on an office space. And so I went from essentially starting all sorts of projects and making no money to quitting my day job and actually making some money and growing a business. However, within that, I was incredibly, I would say, insecure in my ability to handle the challenges that entrepreneurship brought forth. I was living in scarcity. I didn't understand how to budget money. I was like flying, I don't know what the term is, flying by the seat of your pants. I was like every day, it was like, what's coming at me today and how do I dodge it and figure it out? Um, But that was really you know, a really proud moment for myself to start that agency. And even as chaotic as it was internally, I was at a point where I could manage a business and manage myself because I have been going through a mental illness and mental health journey since I was 14. I was, I had my first depressive episode at 14 and then was formally diagnosed with bipolar disorder at the age of 20. And I had to drop out of college. I was placed in a 5150. I did two outpatient programs. I tried every psychiatric medication under the sun. And I really was not functioning. I tried to get minimum wage jobs. I tried to do internships. I tried to hold a morsel of responsibility over my life. And within one, two, three weeks of trying something on, I would immediately quit. And so there was a lot of talks between psychiatrists and therapists and doctors and my family about whether or not I was going to be able to function in a really, uh, you know, in a regular way, like baseline in society. And so to see myself even starting a business at the age of 28 was a huge win while I was able to get myself up and maintain a level of responsibility and chase a dream every single day, which I got to through 
uh, a lot of mental health um, trial and error by myself throughout my 20s, I was still internally struggling. I was still afraid every single day of what my emotional landscape would do to me. I was afraid that a depressive episode would take me down. I was riddled with anxiety. And so while I'm so proud of that scout for showing up and building her business every single day, I did not have the emotional stability or security to feel confident in my expansion. And so when we started working together, sure, I was getting some success, but internally every single day was kind of like a ping pong table between all of my emotions. So I wasn't yet at the place where I felt safe in my emotions. Mm, Thank you for sharing that. And I believe that entrepreneurship really calls us forward to do the inner work in such a big way because there are so many different facets when it comes to entrepreneurship of setting boundaries, being a leader, stepping into abundance, holding the abundance. And all of the different emotions that come up with all of the fears that come up with business, because business is different than getting a paycheck every two weeks, right? (laughs) There's a lot of unknowns. And especially as your business grows, there's a lot of edges that you're constantly leaning into. There's a lot of risks that you're taking. And especially as a business owner, like yourself, who has employees now, how many employees do you have now at Scouts Agency? I have six full-time employees. Okay. So responsible for six full-time employees. You are taking care of yourself. You've got an office, you've got a home that you pay for. You've got, you know, a lot of responsibility. And in order to hold that, you being grounded, you being in a place of trust and faith and you showing up as your best self is what's going to give you the capacity and what has given you the capacity to create the lifestyle and the business that you have today versus when we're in that inner game and that inner turmoil of fear and anxiety and doubt and scarcity, it's really hard to show up for those challenges consistently. And, and it is really scary. Yeah. I mean, I remember starting my business and I was someone who had gone through the therapy world, the psychiatric world. Like I came from the mental health world and I started my business and I was like, what the fuck? How is my people pleasing just bubbling to the surface? Why am I so anxious? Why is the uh, idea of uncertainty plaguing me today? And I realized that like, if I'm having these thoughts as someone who was actively working on her mental health and had support with tools set up, how were other people running their business without this emotional support? So the minute I understood that my business was an emotional game versus like a PNL game or a marketing game, which is obviously part of the mix, but the minute I realized that owning my own business was an emotional game, that the sturdier I felt exactly what you said, the more faith I had, the more confidence in myself, the better tools I had to uh, monitor my mindset, uh, know what tools really calmed my nervous system down, come back to reality, not really give in to fear-based thoughts. That level at which I play is the level at which my business grows. And so today, I, I, I'm always really uh, wary, or I guess one of the reasons why I just love talking to you and the fact that we're doing this is because 
I know what my life looks like on the outside. Like I know what my life looks like. I have a wonderful husband. I have a wonderful baby girl who is three months old. I have a mortgage on my dream house. I have a dream office. I have six employees. I have a top charting podcast on a network. I have a booming business. All of these things are so incredible. And every single day I thank God for them in my journal. They are the biggest blessings. And yet they didn't just happen to me. They are a direct reflection of the work I've done with you over the past three and a half years. It was like this radical decision I made to face every discomfort, every uncomfortable emotion, every fear, every thought, every anxiety, and flip it on its head to find my truth with the universe and all of my spiritual practices at this point. And so uncovering what it takes to build this life is such a it's such a service to other people because the realities of getting yourself to a point where every day you're riddled with depression and anxiety to absolutely feeling confident in your ability to handle life is such a radical A to B, but it is in that journey that things really do happen for you. And so for me, it's just been a complete commitment to the work and that's been working with you, that the catalyst of all this has been working with you. Mm, Thank you for sharing that. And I just love the way that you articulate your, your experience. And I really say that entrepreneurship is 80% mindset, 20% strategy, right? Like you can Mm -hmm. have the best strategy in the world, but if your inner landscape is not aligned, then it's going to be a lot more challenging. And quite frankly, it's going to stunt your growth or block your expansion. And one of the biggest shifts that I've seen for you is really stepping into the identity of CEO, not just CEO of your business, but CEO of your life. And I want to hear from you, like, what does that mean to you? Oh my God. I have like little warm feelings all over my body. God, you know, for me, and I'll say everything I say in this podcast is for me, this is what works for me, is that being the CEO of my life is the most fucking empowering place to be, right? It's like every single day I have control over the life that I'm building or I have an intention. Like what I am creating is because I consciously chose it. And so it's the idea that you can literally consciously choose to create any type of life that you want. So as the CEO of my life, it's a lot, there's a lot of similar practices in business as I do in my personal life. It's like, how can I delegate things so that I can be in my zone of genius and I can be in my sense of fulfillment? How can I set up systems of support so that this ship runs so smoothly internally that my external life matches the fulfillment that I feel inside? How can I show up for myself unapologetically every single day? How can I play an active part? How can I be an active participant in my life? I really, really am so proud of the fact, and it totally lights me up and gets me off, to think about the idea and the fact that every single day I wake up and I'm like, who do I want to be? What do I want to create? What do I want to experience? This is my life. It's like this magical playground. I'm like, I want to slide there. Boom. I want this there. Boom. I want this color. Let's go. It's this empowering thought that all of a sudden life is not happening to you, but for you. But not only that, you are literally creating the colors of your life as you move along. So sure, it's great to be, I guess the CEO of my life is like more the feminine daydreaming manifestation. Uh, I let my imagination run wild. Like nothing is too small for me to play with. And 
I guess that the, my business, like the CEO of my business is a lot more like masculine and systems and strategy, et cetera. So it's kind of nice that they balance, but I just, I don't know. It makes me sad to think about a reality where I'm not in charge of my life. It, it just does. Like I cannot imagine waking up and feeling like a victim to my mental health or my circumstances or my finances or my family or my relationships. That's just not a good way to live because I've lived that way before. So being the CEO of my life is like this radical, like I'm going to do whatever it is I have to do with beauty and grace and feminine flow and masculine hustle and all of the things to make this life so beautiful. I mean, sometimes I just sit there and I dream and I like look at my daughter and I'm like, you know what? One day we should fly first class to Paris. I don't have, I'm not at a point right now where I want to put down that, but it's just fun to be like, maybe in five years we'll do that, you know, to let myself go and to let myself dream and then to figure out which one of those dreams do I actually want to become a reality and in what timeline and then be the CEO of that. Yeah. I love being the CEO of all things. It's great. It's a great place to be. <laughs> You're really fucking good at it. So <laughs> yeah. And, and let's dive a little bit deeper into what it means to do the work so that you can mm-hmm. become an empowered creator in your life rather than a victim to your mental health, which, you know, being diagnosed with bipolar, having anxiety, having a lot of struggles with mental health, like your life, was like that before. And it does Mm -hmm. not look like that even remotely anymore. And Mm -hmm. even if there are, even if there's like a little flavor of that, that pops up the, your ability to shift it and come back into your power is incredible. And it happens Mm -hmm. very quickly now, and it has taken practice and time to get there. So I want to break this down a little bit. What does the work look like in our sessions? Mm -hmm. And what does the work look like in your day-to-day life? Yes. I want to start with the day-to-day and then I'm going to go into the to the session because I think that would set up the energy that I bring to the session and the willingness that I bring to the sessions. So, well, I mean, in the beginning, it was just me saying, what am I doing? And you providing all sorts of new mindset shifts and new tools and new ways of uh, looking at it. This was like the most beautiful example um, of kind of what happens in our sessions. Actually, I'll go there first. I was feeling so in love with my daughter and it was growing so much that I got scared. And I started thinking of all these terrible possibilities and it freaked me out, et cetera. And I, the only way I could look at this was this is big and this is heavy, but it's also great, but it's heavy and it's big and oh my God. And so I voice noted you and you just came back with this. What I hear is that you're expanding your capacity to love. And every time you expand, contraction is going to come up as like that default um, response to that expansion. And then all of a sudden I was able to take a deep breath and be like, oh, I'm just expanding. And that is exactly what I signed up for in this life. I'm expanding. And that comes with that sense of fear or contraction real quick to kind of uh, counteract it a little bit almost. And then I was able to settle into a different mindset shift and perspective about what's happening to me. So every time I'm in session with you, I usually come to you with something that I'm either struggling with or mulling over in my mind or feeling off balanced, anything I'm not aligned with. And then through one, audibly processing it with you. I'm a big audio, audio, audio. I am a big audio girl. I'm a podcaster, but I am a audible processor. I have to like talk it out multiple times. 
Um, just through that, I get out the energy. I feel like we move a lot of energy through that. And then you reflect back to me what you're seeing happening from an energetic or an emotional or a spiritual level. And then you provide me with a different mindset shift. Another beautiful example of this was when I kept telling you in a session, like, I'm just impatient. Like I'm impatient. That's why I have all these goals. And I was really shaming myself for wanting so much in such a short amount of time. And you said, okay, you've, you, you recognize that I had said that word a lot and it wasn't in a positive way. I kept saying it in this like derogatory shaming myself for being this. And you paused and said, you know, this narrative is coming up a lot around the fact that you're impatient. And you said, let's try on a couple other words. And you said, you are ambitious. And the minute you said that to me, I had a full body breakdown and you could recognize that was happening and you just stopped and you held the space to witness me in that breakdown where I was literally within a matter of five seconds apologizing to myself for ever using a negative word to mask my incredible gift of ambition. And you gave me permission to be ambitious. So I almost like come to you with a limiting belief. You provide me with a new mindset shift. And then I leave with a more empowering belief system that supports my soul's purpose and what I want here. So I come in with fear and I leave with love is essentially what our sessions do. It's like a churning of a crank out thing. But what that looks like on a day-to-day because obviously you're not with me 24-7, although, you know, I feel like you are because we have Boxer. I would say there's two things because I don't want to overwhelm people. It's the it's the daily rituals and tools and implementing them every single day, finding the ones that work for you. For me, it's journaling, meditating, taking a bath, um, and I'm going to like rattle off like 30 and it's going to be very overwhelming, but come up with like a core three. For me, I have a core two, which is journaling and meditating. Those two things, if I can do them every single day, every other day, you know, it's a little bit harder with a baby now, but those two things pre-baby, I did every single day, no matter what, like not looking at my phone first thing in the morning or last thing at night, getting into bed to read, being conscious about the content that I consume, taking baths, big, you know, there's like a lot, but I would really find two and implement them into your daily life every single day. I recommend journaling and meditating to start. And then the second, those are like external things that you do every day. The second is monitoring your thoughts. And every single time it's like a video game I play with myself. I'm like, oh, limiting belief, floating across the head, shoot it down, replace it with a more empowering belief. Um, Once you start monitoring your thoughts and feeding yourself the things you want to believe about yourself and life is when things really start to unfold. So that's the main two things that if you left me, you know, like they say, what would you bring on an island? If I had to only choose three things, journaling, meditating, monitoring my thoughts and replacing every limiting belief with a positive one. Mm, Yeah. So powerful. I mean, it is really hard to encapsulate what we do in our sessions and words. So I think (laughs) you did a really great job and I don't even know how many sessions we've had over the years, but it's been a lot and it's really beautiful and amazing to see how like 
our work has evolved and shifted with your growth. And mm. that has required me to continue growing and evolving, mm. evolving and bringing new perspectives and ideas and concepts and, you know, embodiment work to help you to dissolve some of the energy and in like continuing to do my own work so that my intuition is on point so that I can respond to what's happening in the space. And I just love yeah, our, our collaborative growth together, both individually as mentor and student, and then also, yeah, together in this really intuitive space where we're doing really deep healing work. And it's fun too, because as you know, I love business and I love supporting leaders and I love supporting business owners and we do strategy work. We we do talk about, you know, there, there are times where we're really focused on, okay, what's happening with your team? What's happening with your numbers? And then there's other times where it's all emotional work and it's relationship stuff. And more recently, what's been really amazing and really fun is supporting you through your, well, first your fertility journey, then your pregnancy oh, yeah. journey, and then becoming a mom. And where I want to start with, with that and dive into is really going back in time when you were in a place where you had bipolar, you were diagnosed with bipolar, you were told that you might not be able to carry, you were actually recommended and advised that you should not come off medication and that you will not be able to carry your own child. And we're going through some grieving around that. So let's start with that experience and what shifted mm -hmm. for you in that story. God, you know, it, it makes my heart break, but it's also such a beautiful story for anyone who has been told what they can or cannot do by somebody else. Um, yeah, I mean, my psychiatrist and my family and my therapist and my loved ones were very concerned about the thought of me coming off medication to get pregnant. This was like three-ish years ago that my husband and I were talking about it. And since I was advised to stay on my medication and that I had a very clinically severe mental illness case that they were worried, one, what I would be like off meds, and then two, what the emotional fluctuations of pregnancy would do to my mental illness. And so I made a call to a center to get an informational um, appointment to talk about surrogacy. I actually found a friend who was willing to carry the child for me, my child for me. And it was something that I was like, I know this sounds silly, but I was really grieving holding my own, uh, carrying my own child because that's kind of like the experience I always thought about. I never really thought about what I'd be like as a mom or what like having a 10 year old would be like. I just, my brain could only go as far as I want to carry a child, you know? And so as silly as it sounds, I was like, how am I going to announce this on Instagram when my surrogate is pregnant? Because it just made me think like if I can figure those things out, it'll make me feel as if this is a normal path and not that surrogacy is not a normal path, but it wasn't the path that my heart wanted. So I was trying to grasp onto all of the things that I could do to make it feel really involved for me. Um, and so I was, I was grasping. I really was internally at ways to make this feel right. And I honestly do not remember the moment when I decided that I could do it myself However, I remember realizing that for the most part, the people that were advising me to not carry my child were men. 
and a man telling me what I could or could not do with my body, once I realized that that was happening, like that didn't settle well with me. These men don't know what pregnancy is, et cetera. So that was like the first kind of like, I should pay attention to what's happening here. But I will say the reason I remember sitting down and talking with my husband, Adam, and saying, I think I want to go off meds and I want to have my child myself carry my child. It was about three or four months into working with you one-on-one. And he looked at me and he said, I think you can do it. I really think you can do it. I've seen immense shifts in your mental health and the way you're taking care of yourself. And we decided that I would go off meds the following month and start trying to have a baby. And it really was because he felt safe enough and I felt safe enough in my capability and ability to hold myself emotionally that I decided to embark on this journey. And this was literally three or four months after starting one-on-one work with you. And And I really just want to point out that I was searching for like over 10 years at that point for a quote-unquote cure or a system that was going to help me or a 12-step program or something to help me deal with this because everybody else was so afraid of what was in my mind. Everybody, my dad, my doctors, my therapist, my husband, everyone, because it quite literally destroyed my life multiple times. And I remember asking you, I was like, listen, you know, I have bipolar disorder. I have suicidal ideation. Can you handle this? And I said, it's okay. If you can't, I understand. And you said to me, you're you're a human having a human experience. And the language that you provided me was so different than the language provided to me by my therapist, which was always a sense of disempowerment, which was always monitor yourself. You're a severe, I I felt like a, a case study, a patient most of my life. And so if that doesn't ring... Like if that doesn't shed a light on the power of the the narratives that we tell ourselves and the narratives other people tell ourselves. I mean, within three to four months of working with you, I went off my medication and started my fertility journey. I did not get pregnant for a year and a half, but I did it. And I'm not going back on medication. And that's not to influence people one way or the other, but it's just to say that sometimes the narratives that people tell you what you're capable are are complete lies. And be really cautious about what people are saying that you can or cannot do because you are literally capable of doing anything that you really want to. And that doesn't mean it's not hard. That doesn't mean there's not struggles. Amy's been with me for a long time. She's seen me go to different places. But I think of my daughter now and like to not have had her specifically and to not have carried her and to know that that was almost taken from me is is um, incredibly wild to think back on. Mm, Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I wanna share my perspective on mental health really briefly here. Of course, I'm not, I can't go into the entire rant that I have, but this is from both lived experience and working very intimately with many women who have struggled with depression and anxiety. And I do want to acknowledge that in some cases there is a, chemical imbalance, biological aspect, genetic aspect that is at play. And that does not define you. And what I believe is that oftentimes anxiety and depression and mental health issues are a spiritual disconnect 
where we have lived in a world that is fear-based, where we've lived in a world where we feel disempowered, disconnected from ourselves, where we have a lot of negative self-talk, limiting beliefs that create a disconnect from who you truly are, which I believe is an empowered being who is capable of creating whatever it is that you want in your life. And so like you said, I'm not opposed to people being on medication. I don't feel like that's a long-term solution. And I do feel and know firsthand and in your example as well. And in many of the other women that I've worked with that with the right lifestyle factors, nutrition, mindset, spiritual practices, it does take work. It's the inner work for a reason. And it completely changes your entire perspective on the world and shifts you out of a fear-based consciousness and aligns you with your higher self and who you came here to be. And there's so much healing available when we are able to look at our trauma, when we're able to look at our emotions, our challenges from a more empowered spiritual perspective. And that's why I do the work that I do. My work is here to empower women to live in their truth, to be the best versions of themselves and to be empowered in their life. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just so, so grateful that I get to work with incredible women like you who are willing to do the work. And oh, can I, can I hop in one? I just want to point out that your work is available to those with chemical imbalances and having more of an experiential mental health crisis. And so it, the point being here is that there, there is no case that cannot be healed. Like I had, I believe, a much more chemical experience from the get-go, paranoia, psychosis, voices in my head, all this stuff. And through this work, I was able to come to an empowering place. So if anyone, because because my mind used to go there, if anyone's listening to this and they say, oh no, but my my mental illness is severe. No, no, no. I, I My depression's too far. I have too much suicidal ideation. I have paranoia. Whatever narrative you want to tell yourself, I'm telling you right now, that is not the truth that you that is coming up for you. And this is possible because that's what happens if you're too deep in, you get all... You come up with every reason why it can't work for you. And I promise that this can work for you. Mm, Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, my love, we are going to take a quick pause from this conversation because I have a very special announcement to make. I am calling in two new soul clients for my six month empowered feminine mentorship. I only open up spots a few times a year to work with me in a one-on-one capacity and now is that time. Throughout this mentorship, we work on both the feminine and masculine aspects of growth. So we work on the spiritual and embodiment practices for the feminine and the energetic level. And then we also work on the mindset and practical and strategic level to really bring this transformation into your life in a practical and grounded way. Whenever I want to expand into my next level of growth and confidence and success, I look for a coach who is embodying what I desire to create in my life. So this mentorship is for feminine leaders, business owners, CEOs, and ambitious women who have already been doing their own personal development work, but are ready to go deeper and are ready for the guidance and support to do so. 
This mentorship is for you if you want to feel more empowered in your emotions and your leadership skills. You want to feel more magnetic and embodied in your confidence. You want to feel more fulfilled and create a greater impact. And you want to feel more confident in your relationships. During this intuitive mentorship, we go really deep into uncovering your limiting beliefs, looking at inner child healing, developing a deep level of self-trust, tapping into your feminine frequency, and then we also look at business and lifestyle strategy along with daily rituals and practices to help you align with your next level version of yourself that you're stepping into. If this mentorship is speaking to you and you are feeling the call to work together in this high level one-to-one capacity, I'm only taking on two new clients at this time. So head on over to the link in the show notes and fill out the application. Once we receive your application, my team will be in touch to confirm if you have been accepted for the mentorship and we'll hop on a one-on-one call to chat about all of the details. All right, my love, enjoy the rest of this episode and we'll see you on the other side. We are shifting the paradigm right here and right now. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! And then you like go out into the world, and it like I swear to God, this work is like taking a different pair of glasses off and putting on a better pair of glasses, and you start noticing everything, like everything. You're like, that's a limiting belief. That's being operated in fear. That's not true. It's it's really really wild and and fucking awesome. But it's wild as you get further and further into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And you've actually shared so much wisdom and insights in your own work. You have your own book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, and have shared a lot of these insights in relation to business. So for those of you who are listening and want to hear, you know, Scout's really interpretation and her embodiment of this work, I highly recommend to grab that book. Mm-hmm. And I do want to come back to this piece around motherhood because this has been, I mean, even your fertility journey, the the process of surrendering, like you were on, was it a year and a half of a fertility journey where you were trying to get pregnant, actively trying to get pregnant month after month wasn't happening. Like, what was that like for you? You know, I remember telling a friend, oh, we're going to start trying. And she's like, give it a year. I was like, what What are you talking about? Like, I'm going to be pregnant in two months, like maybe three at the most. Because I think they, they tell us if you look at a guy and blink, you'll get pregnant. So um, in the beginning, <laughs> it's like the Mean Girls quote. In the beginning, I, you know, month one happened. I was like, well, you know, it doesn't, doesn't always happen month one. Month two happened. I was like, damn it. And month three happened. I was, and it didn't happen. And that's when I started to panic. And I really, really like everything in my life, pretty much not everything, but around work, when I really want something, I jump in like really intensely. Uh, and I like to control the situation. Uh, this was something that you just literally cannot control. There's the masculine system of tracking and knowing when to have sex and doing all that stuff. Um, but you, there's nothing really more you can do to make it work, to make it stick, to get pregnant. And so 
the first six months, I will say I was very nervous and very anxious and, and very neurotic about tracking. And then I got scared because I wasn't getting pregnant and I didn't know what that meant. And I was worried that it wasn't going to happen or that it was going to take forever. And then it started taking forever. And then I remember about a year and three months into it, I was having the conversation with myself of, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to get pregnant. Maybe I'm just a career woman. Like maybe my lifestyle of launching a book and growing this agency is the reason I'm not getting pregnant. And I was having... I thought that was surrendering, but really that was me protecting myself if I, if I wasn't, if it wasn't going to happen to me, because if anyone is going through a fertility journey, uh, you always get pregnant pretty much. Like everyone gets pregnant eventually. It might not, might not take a month. It might take two years, three years, whatever. But I got to a point where I was like, I mean, I will get pregnant. Right. But I, I had to, I had to guard my emotions because it was tough every single month seeing the negative pregnancy test. I took like 10 every month because I was crazy, which I could have really calmed the fuck down on, but it was hard. And it was, to be honest, it's like, I don't really remember it so much because the minute you get pregnant, it goes away. So if anyone's struggling, know that this pain will be relieved really quickly. But it wasn't until, um, I had a full spiritual breakdown around it. Uh, my friend had told me she was pregnant and I felt envious and I was like, whoa, I had just been like, well, God will give me a baby if God gives me a baby. And if I don't get a baby, I'm not supposed to be a mom. And I felt jealous. And that was my indicator that I get to claim my desires very boldly without fear of when they will be given to me or how they will be given to me or if they will be given to me. And I got on my knees in the shower and I cried and I said, God, universe, this is my non-negotiable. This is my heart's desire. I will get pregnant and have a baby. Whenever you want it to happen, great. I will be patient. I will wait. I will not make any more demands on this timeline. But I'm telling you right now, unapologetically, this is my desire and I will not stop until it comes true. And... I started every single day saying to myself, I am so grateful that I am pregnant with a healthy baby. I am so grateful that I am pregnant with a healthy baby. I said it 200 times. I wrote it in my journals. I picked a sign from God to show me that my baby was on the way. It was a lily and lily started showing up everywhere. I started asking my baby what he or she needed in the moment, which was like, cut back on alcohol, eat healthy. And it was really guiding me. And I truly, for the first time in my life, completely surrendered the timeline. And people talk about this all the time. And I'm like, how do you surrender the timeline? I completely surrendered the timeline um, and gave it up to God. And I was like, I'm sure that I'll be pregnant one day. And so it doesn't need to happen tomorrow because it's going to happen. Of course, in Miracle says, those who are sure of the outcome can afford to wait without worry. And, um, you know, a lot of things, other things lined up. But uh, you know, in three weeks I was, I was pregnant. Mm, yes. Thank you so much for sharing that because I know there's so many women and this applies to so many other things. Surrender totally. is one of the most challenging parts of the manifestation process, letting go of attachment and really being in that space of full trust and claiming your desires. There was so much, yeah, beautiful insight there, but um, yeah, I know that this applies to women who are on their fertility journey and also in any other part of their manifesting journey, because we all yeah. like to control, think that we control things. But oh we my don't. God. <laughs> I remember you voice noted me 
like four months into starting or five months into trying or something. And you said, I don't remember what you said, but you were, you were saying basically the gist of it was to surrender con- the timeline and to be patient and know that my baby is on its way. And I remember being like so pissed. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want that. I want it now. And I was so angry, but you continuously reminded me to surrender and soften and Um, I think that you understood that it had a bigger toll on me throughout that year and a half than even I was uh, willing to admit in those times. And I remember you would always check in about it because I think it was it was a little bit difficult for me to keep bringing up because I thought that maybe if I just kept going, it would just happen and I wouldn't have to really dive into those fears. So, yeah. Yeah. And when we looked back, once you did conceive Lily and who you are today versus a year and a half ago and where your business Mm -hmm. is at, where your capacity is at emotionally now to be the mother that you are today is drastically different than if you had conceived her when you first wanted to. God knows what God's doing. Thank the thank. I'll just say thank the fucking Lord. I didn't get pregnant a year and a half earlier. Like it, it was like beyond the right timing for me and my business. I just bought a house. My business was at a good place. Like truly, the timing of our lives always has a purpose. Mm, yeah. And for this final piece here, I want to speak into mm. the inspiring and beautiful and powerful way that you have stepped into your role as a mother. I know that it feels so inspiring to me and to Mm -hmm. so many other women and how beautiful your devotion to Lily is and also devotion to not being stuck in a mold of just being a mom or just being an entrepreneur, but really living your full life while becoming a mom. Like, I don't know anyone else who has done it the way that you have. And I know that every mom's journey is different. So yeah. What would you like to share about how the work that you've done has prepared you to be the mother that you are to Lily? You know, I remember when I got pregnant, I was thinking about what kind of support do I need to get through this? Because something that I think I can accredit most of my success is to the, to the fact that I, ever since, you know, working with you in the beginning, I'm now comfortable asking for and calling in and investing in support. And so when I got pregnant, I thought to myself very candidly, do I need a doula? Do I need a coach who's been a mom? Like what, what support do I need here? And it came back to, I need a coach that can help me get through the mindset and the emotional stuff. I did not need someone to tell me what vitamin to eat personally or what like position to put my body in to like relieve whatever pregnancy pain or any of that. I knew that to get through this, I was going to need the emotional and mindset and spiritual support. And that's when I was like, we're, we're still working together. Okay. And then I signed up for a whole year. Um, and so that was the first thing I was like, what do I need? And I needed you slash someone or AKA someone to hold a container for me to help me move through the fears and the limiting beliefs that I was about to walk through. And so that was really clear to me that having you as that support, especially since we've been working together for so long, but it became really clear that that was the level of support that I needed. And so 
in that, I think I pretty much went head on into releasing a lot of subconscious limiting beliefs, a lot of motherhood wounds. I did hypnosis in my first trimester to uh, re-parent little scout um, and to consciously choose what my belief system was going to be like as a mom. And so the work for me has been consistently hearing the input from other people because you can't escape it and uh, playing around with the belief system that I grew up in and choosing my own. So I don't look at anything and, and say, okay, that needs to be my reality. I need to be the mom who is super stressed out all the time and complaining about the little sleep she has and losing herself and that whole narrative. Um, while there are moments where I definitely feel that way, I always make a decision to come back to myself when those moments arise. And so for me, being a mother has been the most incredible thing in the world. I was really afraid of becoming a mom because I thought maybe it would diminish my ambition, it would take me away from my career, that I would become a martyr, that I would lose myself in the process. And the exact opposite has happened, not because, I mean, yes, because having a baby is the best thing ever, but also because of the way I talk to myself throughout this whole process, because of the way I prioritize my mental health because of the game plan I made with my husband. I mean, my husband and I went away to Palm Springs before she was born and we talked about all of the things we want her to learn and believe from us and how we want to show up as parents and what we're most excited about and what we're most scared of. And we implemented, um, you know, little code words that would help us uh, communicate what we need in the moment and how to be patient with each other through through having a baby because it is, it is challenging, but it it's just another reminder that you get to choose the way it is. You get to choose the way it looks. And that doesn't mean that you get to choose if a challenge comes to you or not. It just means you get to choose the way you walk through that challenge. So everything from, I was telling you, you know, when she wakes up in the middle of the night and I just would really prefer her to not. I'm like, can you please go back to bed now? It's saying, okay, I'm in a resistance. Like I'm feeling resistance and that doesn't feel good to me because no one wants to be in that, right? No one wants to be like, please, 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 please go to bed. I just want to sleep. In that moment, half asleep, I will reframe my mind and I will say to myself, I am so blessed that I get to wake up and hold my baby girl and be there for her when she needs. And yes, I really do want to go back to bed, but guess what? I will when she goes back to bed. So right now, let's be present and have some yummy cuddles and look how cute, look her in the eye and feed her in a really loving way and be patient because then she'll go back to bed and then I'll go back to bed. And so it's constantly conversations like that, that I'm having in my mind. But I mean, you can, you could probably attest to the fact that that definitely probably would not have been my reality had I gotten pregnant two, three years ago. So, I mean, yeah, God knows what God's doing for sure. Yeah, to see the way that you've applied the work and really stepped into conscious motherhood is incredible. And I'll also say one of the things that I've really seen you step into, which is huge, is adaptability. Like in this chapter and season of your life, especially with a newborn and working, yes, you have support, but you have less time to, and you can't be as calculated with like, okay, I'm going to have my perfect morning routine and I'm going to be able to map out every aspect of my day in my life. Yes, you can try that. But with a baby, like it throws in a lot more unpredictability and 
there are, are, there's a need to be more flexible and adaptable without sacrificing and just being like, okay, well, I didn't get my meditation. And so I'm just not going to do it. Right. It's like, okay, how can I shift and how can I be flexible yet still show up for myself? Because when I show up for myself, I show up as a better mom, as a better partner, as a better boss. Like how can Mm -hmm. I keep showing up for myself yet also be adaptable in this chapter and in this season. Yeah. And you support me with that so much because I do put a lot on my plate. I'm someone who does that consistently. And in a way that I I believe does serve me because I choose, like when I look around, there's nothing in my life that feels like dead weight or out of alignment or something I don't want to do. And so whenever I'm stressed or overwhelmed, you always remind me that I chose all of these things out of a really beautiful, fulfilling place. And if for whatever reason it gets to be too much, I get to choose again. And so there's such power in that choice. And I come back to it all the time when I'm overwhelmed with being a mom. Like I chose everything. I chose all of this. And if for whatever reason that choice at this point in my life is too much, I do get to course correct and choose again. And there's that freedom in that. There's like the freedom in the flexibility. Um, But to think that I'd be someone that's a little bit more adaptable and go with the flow is almost laughable because that I never thought that I'd I'd be like that. But to... uh, thrive in this period of my life. That's what's important. Like I had a crazy week last week and I just communicated to my husband, I need you to take Lily and I need you to take her for four to six hours out of the house. I need alone time. And I maximized that alone time. I sat in the bath and I audibly talked all of my positive affirmations out loud of how I wanted to get back to my grounded feeling. And I spoke a manifestation out loud as if it had already happened. And I meditated and I napped and I did all the nourishing things and it brought me right back. So it's not to say that I don't get overwhelmed, but it is to say that I'm really conscious about it. And I refuse to sit in that overwhelm overwhelm without doing things to get me back to the reason why I made these choices in the first place. Yeah. And I think that's really a theme for today is like, look at all of the challenges that have come up in your life. And now the way that you relate to those challenges is radically different. And it's from that empowered place, like we shared in the beginning of this conversation. And so for the woman who maybe has been doing work with a therapist or listening to podcasts, or she's kind of like on her spiritual journey, but hasn't really seen the big shift that she's wanting to see, what advice do you have for her? There's two things coming up. Invest in yourself. And that can be monetarily. That could be investing in the content that you consume. Sounds like you might already be doing all that, but find the support. There's a million reasons why we talk ourselves out to getting support. A million. I can't afford it. That's too much. I don't know. And then we spend God knows what on a hotel over a weekend or something like that. You know, I, I cannot stress the importance of investing in yourself, whether that's a coach, uh, whether it's a mastermind, whether it's a workshop, whether it's a day situation, get yourself into the room with someone who has something or is somewhere that you want to be and soak that up because that is going to change your life forever. I remember when you told me how much your coaching was, I think I like almost threw up because 
I was never investing in myself at that point. And I told my husband, I never told him how much it was to, to this day. He doesn't know how much it is. Um, and he was like, yeah, you should do it because there is something that happens when you invest in yourself and you show up. And now even just doing that, I'm comfortable standing up for myself and prioritizing my energy and my resources around the thing that makes me the best and makes my energy flourish. So one, invest in yourself, find someone you drive with. You know, I obviously recommend Amy, find someone you drive with and invest in yourself. And then two, once you find the support that you need, make a radical choice to do whatever it takes to live your best version of what this life here on earth should be. Just choose you every time, every time. Radically choose you. Know that even when I rattle off all of the beautiful things in my life, they still come with challenges and discomfort. It's not that those go away. It's just that you get better managing it. So choose this path. No other path exists but this path and choose it. That's how. That's the advice that I would say. Radically show up for yourself. Mm, thank you for sharing that. And yes, coaching one-on-one with me is definitely an investment. I've also invested plenty of money in myself and my mentors. And I fully believe that. And for those of you who are curious about coaching with me, you can reach out. I only take on a limited amount of one-on-one clients. And I also have this podcast, the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I have group coaching programs and lots of resources for you. So please send me a message if this is speaking to you. If you are ready to dive in, I would love, love, love to have a conversation and see how I can best support you. I have a question for you real quick. Also, guys, some a, a tip real quick. If you're like, oh, this sounds amazing, but you're still scared. Amy has got like a bunch of workshops and stuff that she does. And I think that always helps really solidify the support that you need. Like take Amy's workshops, listen to her podcast, DM me. I'm happy to talk to you about it as well. Um, always here to advocate for this work and what Amy does, because obviously it's changed my fucking life. But question from your perspective, what's the difference between me when I started with you and me now? Oh, if I you love could sum question. it up in like one or two sentences. <laughs> yeah. How I would describe it is when I first met you, there was a lot of fear around your emotions and fear around your capacity to be with your emotions and giving your power away to your emotions. Really, you know, emotions coming up and being like, holy crap, can I handle this? Like, what if I go down that deep, dark hole again? I can't get out of this. Like really giving your power away to your emotions and who I see, the woman I see standing and sitting in front of me and who you've become is a woman who doesn't give her power away to anything or anyone. A woman who knows who she is, knows that she's capable of creating whatever it is that she wants and knows that she's capable of holding herself and being safe in her emotions. And yeah, watching and witnessing your transformation is the reason why I do my work. There's nothing more fulfilling for me than seeing a woman in her power and seeing a woman trust herself to create the life that she really came here for. So it is mm. truly a gift to see what you've created in your family life, in your business, with your podcast, with your book. Yet, most importantly, who you've become in the process is like the greatest gift of all. 
truly. Mm. And that is the, that's the work folks. That's the before and after right there. Oh my God. That was like a mic drop. I love you so much. It's crazy. I, I feel it. And it's crazy. It's crazy to experience. Yeah. And the last piece that I'll share here as a coach, just like going through the journey with you of the fertility journey, all the hormones and the challenges that came up during pregnancy. And then like seeing your little girl, I don't know if I've expressed this to you in words, but from the moment Mm -hmm. that I saw a photo of her, I was like, I love this being so much. Like I have tears coming up right now. Like I love this little girl so much already. And I haven't even met her. And it's because of how much I love you and who you've become. And like, she's so blessed to have you as a mom. So I, yeah, that, that piece just is, is even more so why we do this work is the ripple effect that this has on other women and on our families and on future generations. Okay. I'm speechless now. Thank you. When it comes, when it comes to my daughter, I get speechless. I love you so much. Thank you. I'm I I received that. And then some for sure. Mm, (sighs) Okay. Now is the time to tell my community where they can find you. (laughs) <laughs> oh, hi, Feminine Frequency community. You can find me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. That's the best place. I got all the links and all the good stuff for all of my work and my book and my other podcasts, OK Sis and The Emotional Entrepreneur. And yeah, that's it. Amazing. We'll link all of that in the show notes. Scout, whew, thank you for being here. I love thank you. Thank you. And I love you too. Can't wait to share this. Yay. OK, bye, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you found value from this conversation, I invite you to take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. You can tag me at Amy Natalie Co. I always love hearing from you. Send me a message. Let me know your takeaways. Also, I have a beautiful free gift for you. If you have not already downloaded the Empowered Feminine Morning Ritual, it is a 20-minute audio guide for you to listen to in the morning to start your day feeling empowered and embodied. You can find the link for that recording in the show notes. And lastly, if you are a regular listener here and you enjoy this podcast, I invite you to leave a rating and a review you. This is the best way to support this podcast in reaching more women around the world. To leave a rating and a review, you can scroll down on the podcast app on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes and leave a quick review to share what you love most about this podcast and how it has impacted your life. Thanks again for being here and we'll see you next Monday for another episode of The Feminine Frequency.